mean, you know. Yeah, because, I mean, worst case scenario, you can. Worst case scenario just goes on as a podcast. Right. For this episode. Like, we're, we've got a deal. So we're going to have to deliver shows. <laughs> like, that is that is true. But this but, is how we're doing it. Like, we're not doing it live, right? Yeah, we're doing it like this. We're not doing it live. But okay. we're shipping them the show every day. Oh, okay. So that's nothing, right? Yeah, we can edit this down. Technically, we can do this tomorrow if push comes to show. Yeah. So like, if it's really awful. Yeah. But we, we'll see. We got this. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Cheats Movement on WIRR. This is our debut episode. I am so excited to bring you this brand new show. We're going to give you the best of culture. We're going to give you the best of entertainment. And we're going to give you the best of Richmond. I am joined alongside with my co-host all day, every day. Gigi Broadway, how you feeling? Feeling amazing, Cheats. Wonderful day. Wonderful day. Wonderful time to be alive. Talk to me. Hey, this is, we're doing something new, man. We're, uh, we're we're excited to be here. It's a little bit different from the original Cheats Movement podcast. It is. And it's a new year, new approach. We're very, very, very uh, excited, if you will, to bring a number of guests, a number of topics. And we've got a short amount of time to do it. We've only got, <laughs> we've only got a half, unlike the podcast that ran two and a half hours. <laughs> we least. only have 30 minutes to deliver everything we can. So do you think <sighs> we can do it? We gonna try. <laughs> First and foremost, this show is not just about us; it is about you. So please send your emails, send your tweets, send your DMs, everything to the Cheats Movement. It is at Cheats Movement, and we will read your questions on the air. We will try to, you know, give whatever you need. You need some advice. Gigi Broadway is great at giving advice. Yes. You need to talk about some topics that we're not hitting. Email us some topics that we're not hearing. If you have some music recommendations, make sure you send your music recommendations. We are going to, at the end of this show, provide you our music picks for the week. And we're very excited to do that. But we've got to start with a little bit of a segment we call We See It. It is our hashtag. It is our brand. It is our naming. Gigi Broadway, what are some of the things you're seeing today? Well... <clears throat> I definitely uh, saw that Super Bowl. That this, just is you, this is how you're going to start. You're going to start with the Super Bowl. I'm an Eagles fan. so Are you really? Oh, what? I did not know this. This I'm is brand a, new to me. I'm an Eagles fan. So, you know, I, 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 I saw it. I still see it. And I'm going to ride the wave for as long as we can. I do a showdown. Eagle fans. <sighs> obviously, you're enjoying this week. You're enjoying <laughs> this year. There's some things that you might have to address coming into the new season. Is there any type of quarterback issues or no? As an Eagle fan. Because the backup quarterback did win the Super Bowl. Do we really? <laughs> Why you got to come in with quarterback issues? Can't we just enjoy the win I right agree. now? I give it to you. You guys won. You, you won the game. Yeah. You knocked out the the, the evil, <laughs> evil Patriots. Finally. And it's so sweet. So I don't even want to talk about the quarterbacks. You know, whether it's foes, whether it's wins, I'm just happy that we got multiple quarterbacks that can get the job done, clearly. I understand. Now, was there any type of protest at all during this season regarding <sighs> the controversies of the NFL and blackballing my man Colin Kaepernick? <sighs> I ain't going to front. I did watch the Super Bowl. I, I, I don't want to admit that I did. <laughs> 
But I'm going to go ahead and but step on it. In the spirit. This is bro- already the show is problematic. Yeah. We have already. Starting off. You will get a, you will get a pattern of our hypocrisy throughout this show, ladies and gentlemen. You feel free to call us out on our hypocrisy, but it exists. Ooh, it does. Because I can hate everything the NFL stands for, and I'm still going to watch the Super Bowl. I still had to watch that Super Bowl. I'm going to be honest. Um, shout out to Meek Mill because there was some. Uh, <laughs> there was some Meek Mill. There was some Meek Mill references. Yeah, there, there was, was some Meek, Meek Mill. Reference. The Eagles came out to <sighs> Meek Mill's dream and nightmares as they took the field for the Super Bowl. It was bittersweet. It was bittersweet. It was so bittersweet. So we can only hope for the best. Like that's a clear case of <sighs> My God. judicial abuse, if you will. <laughs> right? Like that. That judge. That's facts. I mean, I mean, like. Uh, if even if I'm trying to give the benefit of the doubt now, that judge is completely out of pocket, right? Yeah, it's a couple people that were um, out of pocket in that scenario. I'm and, be and let's just be clear, Meek Mill may not be the most squeaky clean individual in the world, but that judge is completely out of pocket. It doesn't seem as if the sentencing guidelines were fair in that case, and everybody in Philly seems to see it. Yet Meek Mill is still he's still he's still in trouble. It's all right. We're gonna work it on out. We're definitely going to work on that. I want to ride the wave. We finally got a ring. <laughs> this is a good news story. <laughs> this is a this good is a news good story. story. We finally got a ring. So I want to shout out to uh, Philly, even though there was some um, nasty talk about vandalism. And I heard they tore the city up a little bit. but They were going to tear the city up if they won or lost. Oh, they- <laughs> so let's, let's do this. Let's bring it a little bit black to, closer to Richmond. And I'm going to ask you, There's a, there's been heavy, heavy, heavy debate in our city and our region about this. Uh, meals tax increase. So we're going to say meals tax increase went from, for those that don't know, mayor proposed a few weeks ago a meals tax increase to help pay for school facilities. It is a, uh, I believe it's a cent and a half increase that went from 6 to 7.5. Uh, it is sc- supposed to generate $9 million annually, which allows the city to, I guess, borrow $150 million for school facilities and construction. Since he has announced the plan, the city has lost its mind <laughs> on it. social media and beyond. Gigi Broadway, a cent and a half for the children and school facilities. Do we see it or do we not see it? Or is this something that we should just move on from? I mean, I feel like we see it. I feel like we see it. I feel like it's not a lot in regards to the grand scheme of things and the, um, the education system. Our kids need the money, man. So what is the problem? Please help me understand. So I I will play devil's advocate. Your name. You're ah, the devil's advocate. But I will play devil's advocate for the sake of the people that are arguing against this. And, okay. and for full disclosure, uh, you can check the Chief Movement blog. I am a supporter and proponent of the increase. Uh, uh, there's been just a lot of... I mean, just they just lost their mind, on, on, especially on social media. If you follow these groups... RVA real speaks or save our schools or anything. I mean, the attacks have gotten personal. Yeah. People have gotten fired from the educate the former city council member. Uh, can't remember Cindy Herb Mertz or somebody um, got got removed. She was a former third district. Oh my God. <laughs> <Former third district laughs> city council appointee got removed from the education compact after she sent out an email. The guy that runs. Um, uh, the guy that runs the restaurants, uh, Lady New Orleans and a few other restaurants, uh, who I know. I mean, I, I know of him. I don't know him personally, but I know of him. And, I, you know, never had anything personal. But I know he's ve- he's taking this very personal. Uh, Paul Goldman is writing editorials. It, it's crazy out in the streets in regard to. So 
long story short, to, to play devil's advocate, the argument is a couple of things. One, uh, this, the mayor really didn't, the argument is the mayor really didn't go to the people with his proposal. He just kind of announced the proposal. Okay. And there was, uh, there was a referendum last year. This is one of the things that Goldman uh, touts quite a bit. There's a referendum last year that said that they should do this without tax increases. And it was overwhelmingly voted for uh, in his argument. Obviously, several, you know, the RTD editorial board, there, there's, a couple, there's a couple people that are just really, really against it. Um, I think what it really boils down to, and this is, again, my opinion, mm-hmm. is that the sins of past mayors, if you're talking about whether it was Mayor Wilder or Mayor Jones, um, is affecting the reaction of people with Mayor Stoney in this proposal. So the previous meals tax was put in place to pay off debt on, I believe, on center stage. And the argument was that it was temporary when it went in. Um, that might have been a deal by a previous mayor. Another previous mayor comes in and says, well, we need that money. <laughs> and so the temporary tax becomes permanent. Now they're hitting uh, restaurant uh, owners and the restaurant groups are saying, well, you're hitting one industry. You're not spreading the tax across all the boards. Okay. There's a whole lot of things that they're saying a lot of it like i said boils down oh and the the lead one of the leading arguments is there's so much inefficiency in city hall right that they can find the nine million dollars it within their kind of waste in government everybody always uses the waste in government argument but that's one of the arguments my thing is they just don't trust because of past mayors they don't trust this new mayor to do what he says he's going to do with the money. Because I don't think anyone argues that the schools don't need it, right? Like, the kids need it, the schools need it. And so I look at the amount, me personally, and say, you know, I would be willing to pay that extra dollar twenty or whatever it is on... uh, It's it's a minuscule amount of money. Um, And I would be willing to pay it, uh, especially if I know it's going to benefit the, the, the children in the schools. I would actually probably eat out more i would definitely be willing to eat out at restaurants that supported it Mm -hmm. because i will i will tell you a a quick story and it is true we were supposed to go out we had shout out you and i got to host a wonderful event last friday rva hot sauce at the vmfa shout out to everyone that came through and participated it was an it was an amazing time great time but me and my wife had to go eat out afterwards we love eating out at particular restaurants. One particular restaurant is one of our favorites. We go there. Uh, I, I guess it's clear to say Lady New Orleans is one of our favorite restaurants. <laughs> we eat there all the time. Uh, we eat there basically every Valentine's Day. And I got to be frank, we felt uncomfortable going there because it seemed how ugly the arguments got. Oh, wow. It wasn't that like the restaurants did anything. We went to another restaurant. We ate out. We had a great time. We will go back eventually to Lady Nolan's or any other place. And I don't want it to seem that it's a personal attack on the restaurant. It's not. Right. But it was like, they were like, you know, the opposition on some of this stuff has been so over the top that it made us feel like, ah, I don't know if we really want to be, you know, at that place. I mean, it's probably wrong. It's probably wrong. I don't want anybody to come out of it. We're not calling for any boycotts. <laughs> I was just saying like that's, it did, it did, it did strike our mind. Wow. It did strike our mind. So, it's going to... I mean, I think given what's happened now, they the city council is going to vote very soon. I think they do have the votes to pass the 
the the cent and a half meals tax increase. And again, mm. there's going to be we're probably going to get hammered, or I'm probably going to get hammered because there's a lot of nuance in there, and we're we're really talking about this very quickly. Yeah. But it's one of those things where uh, it's, it's just not that much money. It's, so. it's really not. So I think I'd rather I'd rather give it a shot <laughs> and see. If it helps the kids and helps the school, yeah. then then not. I mean, I've got I got I mean, I got a kid. He's not school age just yet, but it's hard for me to be like no to the kids. Exactly. I think it does more good than harm at the end of the day. So we got to do something because so, you, you know what I mean. The school system suffering. So we've given you a little bit of what we thought about that. I know that there's way too many opinions, and somehow I'm extremely wrong. Go ahead and email me, tweet me. Uh, and tell us why we're wrong, and we'll address it next week after they vote to pass it. Nice. Next up on the We See It and We Don't See It, let's get into some real mess. Let's get into some real mess. All right, so let's throw out the Kylie Jenner pregnancy or birth now, I should say, and the supposed double standards in the Hollywood industry with young unwed women or young girls having babies out here as as opposed to someone of um say color or a certain demographic kind of being chastised or looked down upon for the same thing do we see this i'm gonna give it to you because i don't see it we you don't will not see talk it. about cali general on this show we will not talk about the kardashians on this show hey I'm if all kanye does something we might talk about <laughs> kanye if he does something music-wise, we might talk about Kanye. Okay. But I am not going to add to the, to the to the to the atmosphere out there talking about Kylie Jenner. So I, if you've got a strong opinion on it, you can say it. But I am not. I don't see it. That's music to my ears. I don't either. Let's go. <laughs> Here's one for you. Just yesterday, it was the start of the Winter Olympics in Korea. Do we see it or do we not see it? I'm blind to all that. I don't see any of that. <laughs> I don't see the Olympics at this point. Do you see the Summer Olympics? Or is it is it just the Winter Olympics? Do you not see the Winter Olympics? I don't see the Winter Olympics at all. Do you, ever, do you watch the Summer Olympics? Do you watch the Olympics? It depends on how I'm feeling um, when it comes out. But right now, nah. I, I'm not for it. I do not watch the Winter Olympics very much. I, I can't remember. Uh, I cannot remember following closely. I, Michelle Kwan. I do yeah. remember Michelle Kwan. Ice skate. I, yes. I remember Nancy Kerrigan. I do and remember the Tanya, Tanya Harden. Harden yeah, <laughs> that's uh, when it was. Fun. I remember the Jamaican bobsledders. Okay. <laughs> All right. What do you got next? What do you see? All right. So I want to give a quick shout out to HB one two five one, which is the legislation uh, the Virginia passed um, recently, which is the approval of the Virginia House of Delegates. Um, I think they did that on Thursday. That will permit the use. Get ready, y'all. For the uh, non hallucinogenic marijuana cannabis extract known. This is what, you would see. <laughs> this, is this is what this show has been reduced to. You know, I gotta let my people know if, if they're not uh, aware. The lovely THC oil is now, um, now legal. Now, that's only to treat any diagnosed condition or disease. But I think this is a momentous stride for the uh, battle or fight of marijuana in not only Virginia, but, you know, in the U.S. Okay. (laughs) So, first and foremost, anyone that knows me knows that this is not my area at all. They cannot say anything about it besides I do think uh, 
we are getting smarter with medical treatment. Exactly. And we're getting smarter in regards to uh, what uh, what is helpful and what is not. So if the Virginia, the Virginia General <laughs> Assembly and all their wisdom decided that this is something that, and I mean, hell, we've got a doctor for, like, Dr. Ralph Northam is our governor. Or so, our, you know, the governor <laughs> of Virginia is a doctor. So uh, we're getting smarter. I know nothing about this. I, Gigi Broadway, you can see this all day. I, I just don't know. I just don't know. No, you know, it's not even a celebratory thing for the people who like to use it <laughs> recreational, you know? Not, yeah, there's not. We, Virginia has not legalized weed. No, no, but it, you know it is a, a big side in the um you know in the medical profession or the medical field for the people that are in pain. You know it's been used to treat and um, slow down cancer cells. It reduces nausea and it, it it's used for pain relief. So I think it's a big win for not only the medical field but the people who need it. And I'm excited. I'm excited. Next up on the what we see it list, and I'll, 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 you can tell me, you can tell me if you see it or not. But last, I guess Friday night, last Friday night, Roy Jones Jr., one of my personal heroes in the sport of boxing, actually got in the ring and fought a boxing match. He won at 49 years old. I believe that it's his farewell match. He says it's his farewell match. But let me ask you this: We just talked about <laughs> medicine in older age. Is 49 years old too old? Well, how old is too old to do things like boxing or football? But basically boxing. 49's got to be too old. For boxing, absolutely. 49? Yeah, he, he needs to, to give it up. And I love him. Like, he's a Hall of Fame first ballot. He's one of my favorite. He's an amazing commentator on HBO. Yes. But 49 years old, that is crazy to me. I'm proud of him, though, that he's in that kind of shape. He's in amazing shape. He's in amazing my shape. My God, and he won. He did win. He won this one. He had lost a couple, and uh, it's 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 time for him to. It's time to, to wrap it up. Let's go to the last one on the list. I think it's uh, one of our favorite uh, ex personnel of the White House. Oh, Miss Amorosa. Oh my goodness. Do we see, do we see? It? I don't know if I see it or not. I'm gonna be honest. I can't lie. I did see it. Okay. <laughs> I did see Fill it. Fill the people in. Well, reluctantly, I went to uh, my on-demand, and I had to had to see her. Um, and I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. It's a spectacle. It's a sight to see. It, it, it's this reality is Amor, TV. This is Amorosa on Big Brother. This is Amorosa okay. on Big Brother with the likes of what? Chuck Liddell. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Who else is on there? I can't even. It, it's just absurd. It's absurd. I don't know how you can transition from the White House to celebrity celebrity big brother but it's it's a travesty so and didn't I, she say that the trump administration is very dangerous she said she's quoted on big brother as saying like it's did. it's a scary place in the white house right now which is really like can, can we i mean i mean we knew that yeah. but like amorosa <laughs> found religion that's great and a check uh, apparently and, and we will see what happens to amorosa last one Gigi broadway all day and an icon in the music business is making a lot of waves. The one and only Quincy Jones. <laughs> My man, Quincy. Quincy yes. decided, I don't know at what age, but there's some age where you just decide that you just don't care anymore mm-hmm. and you are going to tell your truth no matter at what age. Like, I am too old to like BS with all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So his truth was told. Quincy Jones's truth is extraordinary compared to others. 
so in a interview with I believe it was Vulture magazine, Quincy Jones went on several. He made several. Mm. Comments, if you will. Is that what you're going to call them? That's what we're going to call them. Uh, leading off with the Michael Jackson stole a bunch of music. <laughs> Michael Jackson is greedy and he didn't want to pay people. And clearly he stole a lot of songs and music. Um, he also stated that he dated Ivanka Trump. Quincy Jones is really old. But 12 <laughs> years ago, he dated Ivanka Trump. He also claimed that he knows who killed President Kennedy, which could be true. Like, he could know all of this stuff could be very much true. Uh, God, what else was there in this He had amazing, so much tea. Oh, my god! Amazing Quincy Jones interview. It was so much tea. That real, uh, the, Beatle, the Beatles are the worst musicians that ever, ever played. Uh, Marlon Brando had sex with Richard Pryor and uh, James Baldwin. I mean, there's just, there's just like literally, uh, there's some point in some age where they're just like, I really, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tell my truth. I don't care what happens now. I love when they get to that point. Why not? I could only dream to get to that point. Let it fly. You will. Like he literally could care less about what anybody else says. Why should you? You know what I mean? Let it fly. Let all the tea spill. I can't wait till you get to that point. Well, I can't wait till you, like, are you already there? Gigi, are you I, I there? Feel are like you I'm pretty there. much there? I put my icy hot for the last three days on my back. I'm, I'm damn near there. Yo. So, here's the thing. What percentage of truth do you think was told in this Quincy Jones? 100. What? 100. All of it is true. All of it is true. What reason does he have to lie? What reason does he have to lie? That is the question. He is old. He is Quincy Jones. He is set for life however long that is and he is letting the tea spill and i am here for every drop every drop ladies and gentlemen with that we're gonna have to take a break when we come back from all of this we will be visiting with henrico county board of supervisor brooklyn district courtney lynch courtney lynch won a pretty pretty important race uh in the richmond region this last november it actually ultimately shifted the balance of power uh politically in henrico county and Courtney Lynch, the uh, former Marine, will be with us. Uh, so that'll be a great interview. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Cheats Movement on WIRR. GG Broadway is just getting warmed up. Make sure you email us. Make sure you DM us, tweet us, everything at Cheats Movement. And we will answer your questions as best we can. Uh, we'll be back. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, this is Cheats, and this is the debut episode of the Cheats Movement on WRIR. For this segment, we are joined by a very special guest, Brooklyn Supervisor, Courtney Lynch. Courtney, welcome to the show. Hey, Cheats. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm honored to be your special guest. I, am, I will lead with saying I am a constituent. So I am a constituent of the Brooklyn District. I've lived in the Brooklyn District for quite some time. Very, very excited about, uh, let's just say it this way, uh, new leadership in the Brooklyn District. The previous uh, supervisor, Mr. Mister Glover, held the, held the office for how long? Nearly 30 years of service. 30 years is a long time. And, Absolutely. And you can't do 30 years without, obviously, resp- accessible and responding to the constituents. 
30 years is still a very long time. <laughs> no, absolutely. So. I honor his service. I appreciate his service. You know, every single day I walk in the parks he created, the libraries he built. So there's a lot of value. Yet uh, I believe that the change is good, and we need new folks to, to get into the mix, and it's fun to be a part of Henrico's new guard. Well, tell me a little bit about the Brooklyn district. Uh, and also, while you're doing it, start with Brooklyn, and tell us a little bit about Henrico County as a region as it wraps around Richmond. So there really is a West End and East End that's demographically and re- it's just really different. Sure. I think diversity is a great word to describe Henrico and certainly describes Brooklyn. 65,000 residents and a microcosm of America. Uh, it's a great place to be. It's a great place to live. And there's a lot going on here. Yet uh, the challenges we have in America are right here at, uh, in the Brooklyn district as well, right? We need to keep our schools strong. We need to make sure we have great economic development opportunities. And we have to listen and pay attention. What do citizens want? Voters know. It's just my job to listen, hear them out, and work to bring about those policies. So, and let's go backwards before we go forward. Yeah, Because sure. you have a, a history, once you start reading your background, you have a history of leadership, uh, and you've actually um, uh, transferred those skills into a business, and, and obviously your prior service in the Marine Corps, amazing. Um, tell us a little bit about your background and what actually drove you to public service in this way. Sure. You know, the heart of my soul is really about service. And I think it took me uh, getting some years under my belt. I'm not that old, but it took me maturing into adulthood to see that that was the commonality between uh, my heart and my actions. So I was proud to serve this country as a United States Marine. Super fun. Thank you. Always faithful. Faithful. I appreciate that. I mean, what an honor. What a privilege. And I've also served in other ways, though, that truly touched my heart. One of the most profound things I've done in my life was spending time as the primary caregiver for my grandmother. I spent uh, eight years in that role. Uh, she was 88 when we became partners in crime, and she passed away a couple weeks shy of her 96th birthday. So there's service in so many ways that we can be valuable to other people. So I'm fortunate to have had opportunities to do that. And when Mr. Glover passed away and there was an opportunity to serve right here in my community, I love Henrico. I chose to live in Henrico. I could have lived anywhere in the country with the work that I do. And literally, my husband and I put together a spreadsheet and all signs pointed to Henrico. So it's a a real privilege to be able to serve in a different way here locally in the community. What are some of the challenges of the county? As we mentioned a little bit, there is the west end of Henrico and then there's the east end of Henrico. And it kind of wraps around the city. You were saying they're, they're starkly different. Uh, between the East End and the West End. So does that provide a unique challenge? Does that present a unique challenge for you as a supervisor? Because something you're voting for in the Brooklyn District may actually have an impact on the East End, but it's so starkly different. No, absolutely. And I think we really work hard at Henrico County to be a one-county mentality. And part of that means being candid and honest about the gaps and the disparities between East and West. So I think it's uh, very important that in the Brooklyn District, I certainly want to represent my constituents well, yet I also represent, as being one of five votes, the entire county. And so that's the great thing about the board. Everybody works together well. They cross aisles. We share opinions. We share thoughts. Uh, It really is about the best interest of Henrico. There was a lot... I would say a lot of emphasis put on your actual election. Sure. Um, Because, and it actually proved to be true, the balance of party affiliation kind of hung in the balance on your election. So there was a lot of 
regional attention. There was a lot of state attention, even some even higher than that. How did you handle? Is, is this your first time running? Was this your first time running for public office? <laughs> this was my first time officially being okay. on a ballot for public office. So, so how did you handle that level of intensity? On a board of supervisor race, right? Yeah, I got to tell you, Cheats, it was a surprise, right? Because uh, this race got a lot of attention, uh, and uh, I took that to, it was a real emphasis on the responsibility I had as a candidate to do what I knew I wanted to do, right? Which was to keep things focused on the issues, to stay positive, and to work to be responsive to voters, right? I wanted to put voters at the center. But boy, were there so many opportunities to go negative uh, during this race. And that's a decision that I made before I even entered, that if I was going to do this, I wanted to run as a leader and I wanted to run to add value to voters. And so uh, it was a a real effort not to take the bait, uh, because there certainly was a lot of poking, prodding, and negativity that came in this very local race. And I think you're right. It's because it was high profile. Uh, Folks were watching this at very, very high levels of both the Republican and the Democratic Party. The voice you are hearing is Brooklyn Supervisor Courtney Lynch. This is the Cheats Movement on WRIR. Courtney, let's get into some specifics about the challenges you may be facing in Henrico County and the Brooklyn District as well. One of the things that you ran on, and you've already mentioned the word, was inclusiveness. Sure. Um, it was one of the f- four issue pillars that you had. <laughs> yeah, and it, was a, it was awesome to see as someone yeah. that How puts do we a build premium an inclusive on community? In inclusive communities. You know, obviously, we've heard of what's happened at Short Pump and the video and the kind of the racially charged video at Short Pump Middle School that was local. Um, I, the, the attention on Hiraka County actually dates back a little bit before that. If you want to go to Glen Island High School, there was an incident on a football game. Song was, playing, right? Right, yep. and there was a um, Black History Month presentation in response <laughs> to the song playing that turned out extremely the video extremely poorly uh, public-wise. <laughs> um, what are some of the challenges that our young people in public education, especially in Hiraka County, that you're seeing are facing, and how do we work? What is the county doing to work to build that inclusive community that you speak of? Sure, I think the county is definitely working to be uh, as proactive as possible. And I will say candidly that Short Pump was a wake-up call for folks, right, to the systemic nature of people feeling excluded or people feeling there was an us versus them mentality in the schools. I don't think anyone realized how pervasive it was. Yet uh, coming in, one of the issues I really ran on was that if elected, I would be the only mother of school-age children on the board. And I really believe that diversity matters for business case reasons. When you have lots of people with different perspectives, better ideas are going to happen. And so even in my first months in office, I'm working very hard to build a relationship with the school board and to build relationships with those inside the school system because I think that's a huge area of opportunity for us. 60% of Henrico's $1.2 billion budget goes to schools. I don't think there's anything else our community does that can impact quality of life for all citizens more than fund and build a quality school system. So that is very much on my mind, and I'm glad that we have open public forums, right? The public forum at Short Pump Middle School was criticized. Uh, but pretty I was, intense. It was a pretty I intense I was thing, pretty right? proud. I was there that yeah. night, pretty proud of how uh, Mickey Oborn ran that forum. Mm. And that people were heard. Conflict is messy, but when conflict happens, better results happen. And look at all the parents that have organized since, and their voices being much more active and shaping the school system is going to be very powerful. 
in regards to moving forward, are there anything right now? I believe, and I don't know if it's, I don't know how public this is in your preview, but I believe like the county has partnered with organizations like the Virginia Center for Inclusive Communities and some others to do other things to kind of put us put the county on a path that's a little bit more welcoming. Absolutely. Uh, I think the county is trying to do anything and everything it can, and that might mean taking advice from those outside the school system and certainly working within the school system and bringing parents uh, more more into the conversation and students as well. So, and I think overall, there's a lot we can do with schools. And, you know, I have three core priorities for my short little term here of mm-hmm. two years that uh, I've had the, the pleasure and, and opportunity to have the opportunity to serve. Uh, and teachers are right at the top, uh, transits right there. And then something that I've been referring to as the 2028 community planting seeds for 10 years in the future. Ideally in government, we're looking 100 years ahead, and there's a lot of people looking very far ahead in Henrico. I'm just working to be realistic to plant seeds for the next 10 years I, with, the, with the pace of change these I'm days. I'm glad you said that because <laughs> that is crazy to me, and I understand we have to do it. Yeah, yeah, we I have wrote, to look I wrote a blog ahead. post when the city rolled out their, uh, I don't know if it was 2020, community 2020. They had this big rollout about, like these things 20 years from now. Sure. And I wrote a blog post that said like, I would trade that whole plan for like a superintendent and like two new middle schools. <laughs> and I got a little criticism for it. Yeah, but, yeah, but you put it out there. But uh, for, first of all, it was really funny because they were like, it doesn't work that way, Cheats. You can't really trade this 2020 plan for a superintendent. And I was like, I know that. It was just, it was, but, but one of the things that I do um, think about often is, the, the, the changeover and, and the short, like the term limits and mm-hmm. the changeover. And you wonder why if you have a brand new board of supervisors, for example, for example every four years or every, like, I mean, the whole sweep. And, and you wonder how kind of progress stagnates for the long-term planning. It's like, because all the guys that were there four years ago or eight years ago are no longer there for whatever reason. And that does carry some challenge so I'm sure and we've been lucky in Henrico we've had some consistency some might say too much consistency right right? with my predecessor serving for a long time yet uh, I do think the pace of change is so quick and I know every generation has probably felt that but in today's time I'm excited to be planting seeds for 10 years and again (laughs) I'll you know I'll have some think time for farther into the future but I want to roll up my sleeves and be real practical during my tenure you talked about transit Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it ties into a bigger theme that you do often mention that I applaud you for is regionalism. Absolutely. Uh, so far often you hear that, uh, you hear one of two things. You hear that regionalism is broken or you hear like a litany list of things that we actually do do well that no one knows, whether it's emergency services or things that like really, really go well with between Henrico, Hanover, Chesterfield, Richmond, like all the, no, no, granted, all the things that go well you're never going to hear about. But there is a lot of things that are being done regionally that people communicate about, people work well about. Uh, the big things, not so much. <laughs> and one of those things you mentioned is transit. Absolutely. Uh, and kind of getting transit and, and, you know, from whether it's the Richmond Metro, Richmond Metro area out to jobs in the West End. How do you approach regionalism? How do you approach uh like how transit and how it all ties together with the economy and those types of things. No, absolutely. And I love it that you bring up the economy, right? Because I think when I look at my platform and what I'm trying to do with my initiatives in office, the the common thread in my narrative is economic development. 
how do we make this area job ready and keep our quality of life strong and provide opportunities for prosperity. We want regionalism. They recognize that when we're trying to draw large employers here, we're trying to solve public policy challenges and societal challenges like poverty. We all are in this together, and the more interdependent, the better. So I think regionalism is on an upswing. But going to transit, I am a consultant, and as a consultant, <laughs> I look for the gaps, right? I think it's awesome to pat ourselves in the back, and there's so much to celebrate here in our area. But I look at a recent Brookings Institute study when they looked at the top 100 metro regions in the U.S. and Richmond, our region, Henrico, Chesterfield, all of us together, Goochland, Hanover, we ranked 92nd. Wow. With job access, right? I mean, right. eighth so getting, from the bottom, yeah, getting people getting to, to jobs, their jobs right. getting people to jobs. When you're 92nd in anything, you got to get better. Like okay. this region is so best in class in so many things. This is an obvious gap. And so how do we get people to jobs? Why is that so challenging? Like it seems like for a number of years now, we know like, okay, the jobs aren't necessarily on the bus line, the jobs don't extend. Like why is it such a challenge to be able to make that work? I think there's been a lack of will. You know, I think our area, like other areas, just developed a lovely little obsession and romance with the car, right? Mm -hmm. And if you roll the clock back, I mean, this was the area of transportation innovation. I mean, the streetcar was invented here in Richmond. So we have been innovative in the past. We need to get back to those roots and be innovative right now. And cars are wonderful, but the interesting thing, when I was out there knocking on doors and talking to folks, our millennials and our boomers want a lot of the same things. They want walkable communities. They want to be close to the resources and the retail and the things that they need for daily living. And they want to be a bit more free of the car. And candidly, we have great mobility in this area now, certainly pockets of congestion and work to do. Yet to preserve that mobility in the future, we're going to need transit to get cars off the road and to give people multiple options to uh, to get to the way to, to go the places they want to go. You know, one third of our region doesn't drive a car, and that used to be mostly because of age, but more and more it's becoming because of cost. And so we have to recognize there are gaps, opportunity gaps, income level gaps, and how do we get people to jobs? And so I'm all in for transit, certainly in fiscally responsible ways. Uh, yet we can do this as a region. There's more will and commitment to do it now than ever before, and I'm excited to be a part of that leadership. We are with Courtney Lynch, Brooklyn Supervisor. Uh, this is the Cheats Movement on WRR. You can follow Courtney online, Twitter, Instagram. Absolutely. I'm assuming it's going to be Twitter uh, versus Instagram here. <laughs> It'll but be where, where, where can Facebook, they follow? Where Courtney can they follow for Supervisor, um, at Courtney for Supervisor on Facebook. Uh, I'd love to hear from folks, too. If they ever want to reach out to me on Facebook, I'm there. Excellent. That's Courtney Lynch. And you can follow the Cheats Movement at The Cheats Movement. It's on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, you can send me your questions, and we will try to uh, answer them in our segment with our co-host, Gigi Broadway. This is Courtney. Thank you for the time. Oh, thanks for having me, Cheats. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Cheats Movement on WRIR. We'd like to thank Courtney Lynch, Henrico County Board of Supervisor, Brooklyn District, for her time and her insight. Uh, I wish her the very best of luck moving forward. It's it's amazing uh, the work that they're going to be doing in Henrico County. Henrico County is so changing. With that said, it's that time in the show where we bid you farewell, but we will not do it without our music picks. So for this week, my music pick, pretty obvious, Michael Millions, Hard to Be King. It is released everywhere. Michael Millions represents AGM and Purple Republic, and he is doing his thing 
production there by name brand on the album production by jl hodges features on there my brother radio b i believe is on there he's a leo fly anakin make sure you check out michael millions hard to be king we're going to give you a snippet on the way out gg broadway what do you got well i got my man zai young straight out of fredericksburg my young boy's doing his thing i play a thing called icon the remix y'all like it and that is it we are going to call this the first episode in the books it may never make air to be honest with you gg it might not make it but what will make it for sure is uh, we will be here on WRR doing our thing as best we can to make sure, again, you follow the Cheats Movement, you email the Cheats Movement, DM, tweet us. Uh, we'll be here. We'll be keep bringing you special guests, music picks, interviews, and hot topics. Hey, until next time, we see it. See it. You need to verse. I need me a stat. I'm out your iPhone. Sounded like my on wax. Relevant in every quarter. Thoughts turn the dollars like wine out of water. Yeah. Uh, 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 u